Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversation with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Over the last decade, we've become accustomed to the SEC dominating college football. And after this year's bowl season, the SEC's control over the sport remains pretty evident. Since they started the new format, that was in 2014, the SEC is 10-1 and in semifinal games. And that doesn't even include Georgia's performance against TCU last night. The Bulldogs, now the eighth team in history to go back-to-back. Some of the quarterbacks who have gone back-to-back with now Stetson Bennett, the sixth quarterback since 1970 to start for back-to-back national champions. Let's uh, go around the room and guess. This is since 1970, these quarterbacks have won back-to-back national titles. You're going to get... Two of them, maybe three of them. Stetson Bennett is the sixth. Paul, I, had, I had that one. You had Stetson Bennett? Yeah. Okay. All okay. right. All right. You lead one nothing. Marvin? Tommy Frazier? Tommy Frazier. I mean, you and Seton are tied. Paulie? AJ McCarron? All right. It's uh, Everybody's got one. Now it's Fritzy. Mr. Matt Leinart. Yes. Okay. Now it's getting interesting here. So Matt Leinart. Stetson Bennett, A.J. McCarron, Tommy Frazier, and there are two more. You're not going to get them. Give us a decade. The 70s. Oh. That takes Chris Leak out of it for some reason. Chris but... Leak of Florida is out of there. So it's not Blake Sims. Blake Sims, no, he's not in there either. I could give you the school, and you probably... That would be embarrassing, both, but do it. I'm going to give you both oh. schools, and I don't think you're going to get either quarterback. Nebraska and Oklahoma, back-to-back national titles. Yes, Paul. Jamel Holloway? No. Oh. 
I loved him. Anybody else? Well, that's nice, but he didn't win back-to-back titles. Anybody else? Uh, uh, Kale Gundy? (laughs) (laughs) Just uh, Gundy's a good name for Oklahoma. The whole state. Are you okay there? Gundy. I'm trying to. I'm fishing. I'm fishing for anything. (laughs) Okay. Um, Neither did much in the NFL. One of the players might have played uh, for Green Bay. That's embarrassing. Yes, it is. Uh, One quarterback uh, went back-to-back in 1970 and 71. The other quarterback went back-to-back in 74 and 75. You're not going to get it. Steve Davis at Oklahoma. Yes. Slinging Steve Davis. Jerry Jerry Taggy. Jerry Taggy of Nebraska. Jumping Jerry Taggy. Taggy. I apologize. Yep. You almost had it. Damn it. Yeah. I like that Pat Forty of Sports Illustrated, he uh, was tweeting at halftime saying, maybe Georgia could do an inter-squad game and, uh, in the second half, and that might be a little bit nicer, and then you could send TCU on their way. Wow, that's not a nice Yeah. Thing. Well, what school is going to be TCU next year, and then will the bowl committee go, no, we're not going to do this. We're going to wait till we expand in 2024 to 12 teams. We're not going to go down this road again. But... If you're going to sit here and go, oh, TCU never should have been in there, you should have said that prior to the start of the game, right after they beat Michigan, when the playoffs were set. And maybe you did. Maybe some people did. But when Michigan lost to TCU, then everybody was like, well, I don't know. When the line came out and it was 10 and a half, 11 and a half, 12 and a half, you know, then I was like, uh oh. This could be uh, danger territory here. Yeah. If if Georgia scores a couple of touchdowns, can TCU match them? And the answer was no. TCU, uh, great season. Good for first quarter. When it was 17-7, they got the ball back, and I thought, you got to score. If you don't score, so the difference between 17-14 or 24-7 against that Georgia team, huge and then all of a sudden, it just went south and continued to go south. Yes, Paul. Which fan base do you think is more upset today? Ohio State, because they really think they should have been there. A couple of injuries, a couple of calls late. They, Ohio State had a really nice first Ohio week. State was better than Georgia that day, and Kirby Smart even acknowledged that. Or Alabama fans who are six points away from being undefeated going into the college football playoffs. They lost two games by a total of six points. Mm. I would say Ohio State because they went toe-to-toe with the national champs and should have beaten them. Here's Kirby Smart on the greatness of Stetson Bennett. And I'm going to tell you another important day was about three days from right now last year when he came in my office and he said, I'm trying to decide if I'm going to come back or ride off in the wind. He goes, I don't understand. Everybody's telling me that I should just ride off in the sunset and be the legendary quarterback that won a national title. He said, that's just not who I am. Okay. I remember when he announced that he was coming back and it didn't feel like everybody was all in on Stetson Bennett coming back. You know, he wasn't a big recruit, a walk on and what he's done. I mean, he he's firmly cemented himself as one of the great college quarterbacks of all time. He is George's Tebow. He is. Now, you don't look at his stats. People, you know, we got caught up in stats and, and I understand that because you know, the proliferation of throwing the football and how many touchdown passes, you know, compared to interceptions. 
but everybody's throwing, completing 68% of their passes. And, you know, everybody's got uh, unbelievable touchdown numbers there. It didn't used to be that way. But you're watching Stetson Bennett do what you want a college quarterback to do. Seemed unflappable. He made the big play when you needed a big play. And I know that we love to go, well, is he going to be any good in the NFL? I don't know. I just love what I saw. The last two years, he did everything that you want a great college quarterback to do. I don't know if he's going to be a good pro quarterback. There was a feeling when I was watching him last night, and I was texting back and forth with an NFL scout. I said, he's got a little Drew Brees in him. Like He's very confident and, and maybe more confident than he should be, but that's part of the, the charm of what he does. You know? he, you look at the talent around him, but also to utilize the talent around him. And I also think that Kirby Smart did a great job in sort of opening his eyes to the offensive side of the ball the last couple of years because he's a you know, defensive-minded guy. That offense, that was explosive. Uh, certainly with the uh, receivers, the tight ends, and Stetson Bennett had an unbelievable game. And, you, you know, keep in mind, they go back-to-back. Back. They had 15 players go to the NFL off last year's team. <laughs> 15. Got a 15 this year. <laughs> yes. Then you go undefeated. Now you're going to have players going to the NFL as well. But I like David Pollack of the mothership sitting on the set with uh, Nick Saban and going, hey, Georgia, Georgia's the dominant team. They're, they're, they're the, this is where college football is. And he's right. Can't argue with that. And Nick Saban couldn't argue because it's true. Yeah, Paul. Why do you think Nick Saban, every year that he's not in the national title game, shows up and sits in for the entire college game day pregame show every year? What do you think his purpose or thought process is for doing that? I think it's just a reminder. If I'm not in the game, I'm at the game, and I'm still the face of college football. Just felt like, ah, I'm going to show up. Got my Affleck suit on, and I'm going to sit there. You know, Dion's there, and I, I don't know. It makes him, I think, feel more relevant, uh, younger, hipper. Uh, if if you're recruiting, uh, so I don't know. Unless he just enjoys it, and I think he's really good at it. You know, he's got a a, a dry sense of humor, but I think he's really good at it. Yes, he. It's like David Pollock saying Georgia the last couple of years have really grabbed a hold of college football is kind of a useless statement. It's like, yeah, of course, they just won the national championship back to back. Of course, they've grabbed hold of college football the last two years. Yep. What makes it a story is Nick Saban sitting right next to him. <laughs> you can't say that in front of the goat. Yeah, What's wrong you, with you, yes, dude? Yes, you can. You know what I mean? But no, my point is like, that's why Nick Saban's there because I'm the man. I don't care that I'm not in that game. I'm still the guy. Oh. I'm still the guy. In case you're wondering, and I know you are, DraftKings odds to win the national title next season. I'm going to guess Georgia. Yes, you would be correct. Bennett's, who is second? DraftKings odds win the national title. Todd. Buckeyes. Third. Marvin. USC. Fifth. It must be Alabama. Yes, Alabama. it's Alabama. <laughs> yeah. It's Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, because Jim Harbaugh is going to be enthusiastically coaching them. Uh, then it's USC, Clemson, and LSU. Where's TCU? Oops. Oh. Yeah. We got some nice parting gifts for you. Mm, that's unfortunate. Uh, but, uh, yeah. 
based off last night. See, once we get to the uh, 12-team playoff, this way you get a better chance. Like if you're Alabama, uh, you know, some of these other uh, schools that fell like USC, now the fourth spot doesn't matter. Now your first-round matchup or the potential second-round matchup, but next year is the last year we have four teams. Then we go to 12. Now the likelihood of having a blowout like that in the national title game is going to, you know, the odds will great be greatly reduced there because it feels like then a quality team is going to win a couple of times. But TCU beat Michigan. And, and I thought, boy, it's tough to out-physical Michigan, and they did that. But last night, you saw a big difference there between what is physical to Georgia and what's physical to TCU. It almost felt like TCU was finesse and Georgia was just physical. Yeah, Paul. And I think next year, like you said, that four spot, it's like if Tulane ran the table next year, Tulane's schedule I'm sure isn't the toughest schedule on earth. They had a great year. They, they put themselves on the map, Tulane football this year. Mm-hmm. But if they go 12-0 and in the regular season and they're sitting there and there's a one-loss Ohio State team sitting there, people are going to refer back to the national title game. And it won't be fair to Tulane because they're a separate, separate team. Notre Dame is still paying the price for getting blown out national title game against Alabama. How many years ago was that? Like, doesn't that feel like that was... Uh, 2012? Yeah, almost a decade. Yeah, a decade ago. And it still feels like... And I think this is part of the reason why Brian Kelly left Notre Dame is he knew there's only so far I can get. LSU, I can get a whole lot more talent than I can at Notre Dame. And I, I do believe that played a part. I think, I think Jim Harbaugh is looking at Michigan and going, I got you here. I don't know if I can get there. I don't know if we're going to be better than Georgia or Alabama or even LSU as far as talent goes. And maybe that's why he is looking at the NFL. More on that coming up. We'll talk to uh, Tom Pelissero, the NFL Network, on what is Jim Harbaugh doing? Because for somebody who wants to and expected to go back, now – He's doing a Zoom interview with the Broncos. Is he pursuing or is he being pursued? Because I'm not quite sure. If you call Carolina and you want to talk to the owner, that was the report. Then you have Denver, where I thought Sean Payton, that they were already you know, getting close to negotiating for Sean Payton to go there. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury out in Arizona. No surprise. That happened uh, right after the show ended. But uh, no surprise there. What a mess. You know, you extend Kyler Murray, which I would have, you know, drawn a line in the sand and say, nope, let me see one more year here. And then you extend the GM and extend the coach. And they had no business doing that for either one of them. But now everybody's attached to Kyler Murray. I don't want to be attached to Kyler Murray. But, you know, Cliff Kingsbury is going to get paid, but uh, never should have been a head coach. Not in the NFL. Yeah, Paul. Remember that day we walked in and Cliff Kingsbury went from Texas Tech getting booted and he somehow gets a really nice gig, USC offensive coordinator. That's a nice gig. Yeah. You know, to get back into college ranks. And then they're like, all of a sudden he's the head coach of the Cardinals. I was like, wait, did they even print up business cards at USC for him? <laughs> you know, if they did, it was like, hey, I got some business. Co- wait, where are you going? Uh, Arizona. Got a job there. He looks like a coach who would play a coach in a movie. Oh, like if The Rock made a football movie, he's the opposing coach. He could be. The the elitist visor-wearing coach. Yes, yes. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. 
There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of that, like that, see that, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Tom Pelissero, <laughs> kind enough to join us on loan from uh, NFL Network. And uh, where do you want to start? What team do you want to start with? <laughs> I feel like this has been uh, TV right now is me trying to remember 27 different names in every hit and remember who's interviewing with who, what the schedule is on everything. It's a, it's a fun time of year. This process is going to be uh, longer than any we've seen just because of how they've kind of legislated it with some of the updates to the Rooney rule and the way that they want these things now uh, to flow. I, I think that one of the interesting ones is, is in Denver right now. Jim Harbaugh interviewed yesterday virtually for over two hours with the Broncos. The Broncos, uh, you know, their search committee, by the way, is really interesting because it's Greg Penner, who's now the the basically the head of the Broncos, but also Condoleezza Rice is in on the interviews. Of course, some of the football people are, are in on it as well. Um, but Harbaugh, after putting out that statement last week, saying uh, he expects to enthusiastically be coaching Michigan in 2023, continues to explore his options. He's one of the top candidates there. So is Sean Payton, who is obviously the, the issue of working out compensation with the Saints. They can't interview Sean until, I believe, it's a week from today. Uh, and then, of course, they're, they've also put out slips for guys like D'Amico Ryans and Raheem Morris, who are going to be, and Dan Quinn, who are going to be top candidates elsewhere. You know, somebody's got to come in with a plan, not just to fix Russell Wilson, but really a path forward for that organization. And since, you know, we're talking about Walmart money here. Uh, there will be no cost spared in procuring the right head coach. They're going to be very aggressive with this. I'm trying to understand what Harbaugh is doing. It, it was reported that he was seeking out a meeting with Caroline and David Tepper. 
I, did he do the same to Denver, or did Denver reach out to Jim Harbaugh? No, Jim Harbaugh was very much on the, the Broncos' radar. So he coached, before he was with the 49ers, he was at Stanford. Condoleezza Rice has deep ties to Stanford. Greg Penner got his MBA there. So they know a lot of the same people in the same circles. And so as they were coming in and evaluating what to do, really since the sale closed back in August, that was always a name uh, that was going to be on their radar. So this is very much driven by the Broncos' new ownership group. They're the ones who are going to be making this decision. They obviously showed in firing Nathaniel Hackett with two games left in his first season that they are not afraid to move swiftly uh, on these things. And so the, the plan was always to swing big. And that's where Jim Harbaugh, Sean Payton, Dan Quinn, uh, unless everything falls through, I'd be surprised if one of those three is, does not end up ultimately being the Broncos head coach. But if Harbaugh plans on being at Michigan, why doesn't he just say to Denver, thank you, but I don't have any interest? There's one thing Jim Harbaugh has not done in his um, you know, illustrious NFL career, both you know, as a player who started a lot of games for different teams. And then uh, as a coach, you know, he took the 49ers to three NFC title games and one Super Bowl, lost to his brother in that Super Bowl. You know, he's 59 years old. The Super Bowl is something that he's always chased. He likes the idea of it. I think he also can't overlook the dynamics at Michigan. You know, he's now in, I believe it's his eighth year there. Back coming off the COVID season, they gave him a deep pay cut. Um, he was, uh, I don't know exactly where he stacked up, but he was not one of the higher paid coaches in power five, uh, got a raise after last year when he made a run. And then now, you know, Michigan could step up and give him the type of lifetime sort of contract that keeps him in Ann Arbor forever to this point. They've not finalized anything along that front. And I'm not saying that's what's driving him, uh, is the financial aspect of this, but you know, he would like a commitment and there is an allure to the NFL. Um, you know, I'm sure some people, I see them in my Twitter mentions, complain that this is all leverage. And, you know, the same people also are, are stressed out because what's he doing to his recruiting class and everything else? Jim Harbaugh is a unique individual. He's an unbelievably successful football coach. And so as long as Jim Harbaugh is willing to entertain the NFL, the NFL will always entertain Jim Harbaugh. How surprised were you what Arizona did yesterday? Not surprised because Michael Bidwill, the owner, had been uh, moving like a guy who was going to run a coaching search. He had been doing homework on candidates. He had been talking to various people about how he would set up a search process. Because remember, his sounding board for the past decade or so has been Steve Kime, the general manager who took a leave of absence a month or so ago, and then now it was announced formally, which is always the expectation that he will not return to the team. So that was his football liaison. Uh, Bidwell needs help to run this process. So he was seeking that out. That made pretty clear that Cliff Kingsbury's days, in all likelihood, were numbered here. Um, Cliff will be just fine. He just signed that extension back in, I want to say it was around March uh, through 2027. <laughs> so he'll make plenty of money to leave. And now um, Michael Bidwell has to hire a new GM. He wants to do that first and have that person um, lead the charge for the new head coach. What about the Colts? Don't count out Jeff Saturday. That is the one thing. For all the uncertainty about what direction this goes and the full plan with the Colts is to cast a wide net. They're going to talk to a lot of people. They put out, I believe, four interview requests yesterday for, let's see if I can do this, Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn from the Lions, Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon. I think that's the right, I think that's the right list. I might have messed one up. Anyway, they put out a few of them, uh, but they're going to take their time. They're going to continue to do interviews here. But Jim Irsay is a big fan of Jeff Saturday. He believes in him. Despite a one in seven record as the interim coach, seven consecutive losses. Wow. You've seen Jeff Saturday certainly 
deflecting the blame for less uh, for lack of a better term and talking about how he would do things differently and he believes in different things we don't know what those things are because he has no track record to lean on but basically he said hey i can't fix everything at this time so give me the opportunity that would start with the offense he'd need to hire a strong offensive coordinator jim harbaugh is a big fan of his he likes him a lot he wants him to have a fair shake so until told otherwise consider jeff saturday a serious candidate in indianapolis do we have updates on Tua and Lamar this weekend? Tua will know a lot more tomorrow if he's able to do anything on the field. If he's not, because he still has multiple steps left in the concussion protocol, then that would mean he's not going to be able to go this weekend. Uh, and his backup quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, remember, dislocated his pinky in week 17. He can throw the ball. I've been told that's why he was able to dress this past weekend as the backup quarterback. But obviously they didn't feel comfortable enough with him going out there. That's why they started Skylar Thompson. So it's not just Tua. It's also can Teddy do enough through the course of this week? The Bills right now have to prepare for, I guess, three different quarterbacks. But again, if Tua doesn't get out there on the field tomorrow, there won't be enough time for him to progress. And quite frankly, just in talking to various people, I'd be surprised. It's not impossible, but I'd be surprised if we see Tua. And then in terms of Lamar Jackson, it's really in the same place that it's been for the past several weeks here. When he initially got hurt, the hope was he'd be back in probably two to three weeks uh, from that PCL injury. It's now been five weeks going on six. We've not seen him practice. He's missed 15 consecutive practices, five games. We've not heard from Lamar. Um, you know, obviously you never want to, you know, cast doubt on how injured anyone is. I would just say it's a surprise that he's been out as long as he has. And so, you know, the answer is while Lamar has told people that he believes he can play, and while there's optimism from the Ravens, they truly don't know who's going to be the starting quarterback this week. And then also there's questions about Snoop Huntley because he couldn't play last week and he ended up with a, a rookie undrafted player in Anthony Brown having to start a, a really important game that by virtue of the Ravens losing, it means that this game this weekend is back in Cincinnati. Tom Pelissero, NFL Network Insider, uh, got an update on DeMar Hamlin. I know that uh, he's back now in Buffalo, leaving uh, the Cincinnati Hospital. He's back. He's at uh, Buffalo General Hospital now, uh, continuing his rehab. I mean, unbelievable, Dan. If you go back a week ago, I don't think any of us, as we're watching, listen, I've, I've covered the NFL for 20 years. That was probably the most terrifying thing I've seen in 20 years, you know, just in, in the past decade or so, if you want to talk about the, the scariest looking injuries, it was Ryan Shazier breaking his neck. It was Tua suffering that concussion back in week four. And then it was DeMar Hamlin collapsing and going into cardiac arrest. All three of those events, by the way, happened in Cincinnati, which is strange. They all ended up in the same hospital. Um, just a bizarre mm. coincidence there. Um, but, you know, the fact that you could go from that and, you know, the NFL stops for nothing. It stopped last Monday night for DeMar Hamlin. Uh, that shows you how significant this was. And so the fact that he's progressed to now he's walking around, he did a lap around the hospital, he's doing physical therapy, he's FaceTiming with his teammates, he was able to travel back to Buffalo. He's still got a lot of steps left. I mean, this is something that the doctors at, uh, at the University of Cincinnati Health Center said it was going to be measured in weeks and months. It's not like, you know, three days from now he'll be, you know, doing normal things, but he has progressed better than anybody could have expected here. And um, I think that we're all thankful for that just as, as fans of fans of football and um, human beings who witnessed something really horrible that it certainly seems like is going to end up with the best possible outcome. 
Sean McVay is sort of taking inventory of the TV world here. Um, is there an Sean off- McVay? Is, he's he's taking taking stock of a lot of things. If you watched that press conference yesterday, Dan. I mean, he he sounds to me, and I, I don't want to play amateur psychologist here, but just in listening to his words, he sounds like a guy who knows he's burned out, knows that he needs a break, and is struggling to cope with what that means for his life and if he's doing the right thing. Because once you walk out the door, even though the Rams would certainly hold that door open from him, you're in a different place in your life. I mean, I would compare it to, you know, for me, if after 20 years of covering the league and doing news every day, suddenly I just went, you know what? I'm burned out. I I feel burned out all the time. I just keep going because what else am I going to do with my life? If suddenly you just shut that down and you don't have that constant 24-7 perpetual thing that keeps you going or are you, you know, leaving sports center. Like I can't imagine that was a, an easy thing to do when you, something that so deeply defines you and that you put all your life's work into. And now you're saying, I don't know that I want to do it right now. It just seems like he's really grappling with that. He also said he's not done coaching. So, you know, is that a Sean Payton, Bruce Arian style break here where he takes a year away and then he comes back? If so, do the Rams even run a coaching search or do they name, let's say Raheem Morris is the interim coach, and then say if you want to come back in 2024, you can. You know, all those options, I think, are, are, are possibly on the table here just because Sean's one of the most talented football coaches we've ever seen. But he's got a lot that he's got to figure out here. I know he said he doesn't want to drag it out. Uh, the coaches got the indication yesterday it would probably be by the end of this week. We'll see whether or not he's willing to, or ready to make a decision mm-hmm. at that point. But this is not something we see very often here, 36 years old, you know, at the top of his game less than a year ago, winning the Super Bowl, and now talking very openly and candidly about he, he might need a breather here. Do the Bears have their quarterback, considering they have the number one overall pick? It's a great question, and it's something that they have to evaluate. There's a lot of things that they like um, that they've seen out of Justin Fields. And, and to be fair to Justin Fields, it's not like he was throwing to a top receiver group this year. You know, they did make the trade for Chase Claypool he got hurt almost immediately, and it's really hard to integrate receivers midstream. And other than that, you know, n- nothing against the other guys he's throwing to. But, you know, Darnell Mooney's a really good, solid player, but is he a, a true one who's going to carry that team? Equinemius St. Brown has fought his way for everything he can run. But, you know, is he a really true number two? They've got to upgrade that. they got over $100 million in cap space. They're going to put weapons around him. Uh, there's enough to build with there, but it does bring them to an interesting uh, crossroads here. You know, it's kind of like what we were talking about last year when Howie Roseman made the trade with New Orleans and picked up an extra first-round pick in this year's draft. At the time, it was, well, if Jalen Hurts isn't the guy, then he's got two first-round picks. He potentially could move up. You could draft a quarterback high. Now, Jalen Hurts has put himself in the MVP conversation, and so it would be a big surprise if the Eagles do not ultimately commit to him uh, as their long-term quarterback. But, you know, the Bears have to sort that out. Do they feel like there's a generational talent, whether it's Bryce Young or Will Levis or somebody else? I'm sure they're going to go through all those evaluations. I've heard nothing to indicate that they're going to move on at this point from Justin Fields. And if they're not, that also puts Ryan Poles in a power position here because this is not the 2022 draft where nobody was taking a quarterback Number one, nobody was taking a quarterback in the top 10. You've got multiple quarterbacks in this draft who people potentially can convince themselves are worthy of the number one pick. And so Poles already has amassed draft picks from some of the trades they made. They've got all this cap space, and he may be able to turn that number one pick into a lot going into the future here as well. Always great stuff, Tom. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Dan. That's Tom Pelissero. 
Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hi, this is Jay Glazer, and you may know me from the world of football or fighting or even shows like HBO's Ballers. What you don't know is for my entire life, I have lived in something I refer to as the gray. Depression, anxiety. So now I'm coming out with a new podcast, Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer, where each week, while we talk about mental health, I hope to describe it. Give it words. Listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. What's the poll question for hour two, Seton O'Connor? This is a Paul Pap special. Ooh. Uh-oh. Yeah, get ready. Okay. If you could do one, and just one, you could either give Reggie Bush back his Heisman uh, and reinstate him as the 2005 winner, or you could put Pete Rose in the baseball on the Baseball Hall of Fame ballot. So on the ballot. On the ballot. Okay. Yes, Paul. My rationale there is that Pete Rose was banned from baseball. The Baseball Hall of Fame chose to follow the lead. They are under no obligation to leave Pete Rose or put him on the ballot, but they chose to. There's no rule that Pete Rose broke that takes you off the Hall of Fame ballot. There's no wording. They chose to do it. The College Football Hall of Fame chose to ignore Reggie Bush's NCAA violations and put him in the Hall of Fame, as they, you could say, should, because they're not the NCAA. They're a separate entity called the College Football Hall of Fame. They're a museum. Like the Baseball Hall of Fame is a museum. It's very similar cases. They both have transgressions that haven't gone away. 
but the they, you know the College Football Hall of Fame didn't keep him off the ballot. Yeah, but Reggie is welcome back to USC. There was a a ten year period where there couldn't be any association there. Even that's kind of similar. Like baseball does not have a ten year period, even though some people think think they should with Pete Rose. Well, Pete got a lifetime ban, but Reggie is now back. I don't know if it's the good graces, but he's welcome back to USC. Uh, he's going into the College Football Hall of Fame. They are far more lenient when it comes to uh, players or coaches who, uh, you know, came under NCAA violations. Yes, Seaton. But how do you, how, how is he in the Hall of Fame when his wins were vacated, but those are the wins that are helping him get into the Hall of Fame? Uh, well, his stats are still there. Uh, no, not really. It, it's like almost, he didn't exist? It's like he didn't exist to the NCAA. Reggie Bush's college career is all of it, not just that one season, is considered damaged goods to the NCAA and their rule books. Okay, but then if you're the College Football Hall of Fame, what numbers are you going on since those numbers don't exist? Or they're saying they're leading the charge like, hey, Reggie Bush's violation from years ago would be completely legal now. Well, he didn't pay these people back. That's where the problem started. The entire violation. So of if Reg- you got NIL money, yeah, I don't even know how that would right. work now because it's it's so different. But he didn't pay back, therefore it went public. Then they found out that you're buying Reggie's parents a house, a car, whatever. And then, you know, USC paid the price. Yes, Paul. In the NIL era of the past two years, but there's been a lot of posts and tweets, and even Reggie Bush has engaged about I want I like my Heisman back now because all the stuff I did is completely green lit, um, but the Heisman Trophy Trust has never responded to this. If you look at the Heisman Trophy website, there's no person listed for 05. It doesn't have Reggie Bush's name, picture. Mm-hmm. The actual award is back with them. You know, it's and unless someone does something, that's how it's going to be. Well, I remember this happening with college basketball that there are certain things that are vacated. I think if you look at Michigan, if you look at Villanova with Howard Porter. And I think that he signed maybe with the ABA or got money. Uh, He got something while he was still in college and they went to the final four. I think that's right. And uh, this would have been in the early seventies. And I think that they had that vacated. I I think that uh, Villanova with Howard Porter uh, who went to the Chicago bulls or was drafted by the Chicago bulls. Yes, uh, Marvin. The Calipari, Derrick Rose, uh, Memphis Tigers, Memphis. I think. They got their wins vacated also. And then you had uh, UMass with uh, Marcus Camby, I think. Didn't they get vacated as well? Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, a couple places. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not lately, though. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you master something, you, you, you nail it the third time. Yeah. Yes, Todd. You're right. It says Howard Porter Villanova was named tournament's most outstanding player. However, Villanova's placement in the tournament later vacated because it was found Porter had signed with an agent prior to the competition. Yeah. Uh, so the poll question is, you could give Reggie Bush his Heisman back. And yeah. the honor. Like the, he'd, he'd be reinstated as would the Heisman. He get, would he be there at the Heisman ceremony next year? The re-Heisman. Yeah. Yeah, he would because all past... Winners are flown in and everything. Or you could put Pete Rose on the Hall of Fame ballot. You can only do one. Well, Pete's older, so I would uh, put him there. I mean, I've said for years that if he gets in, he'll get in posthumously. But I I don't think he's going to get in. 
I still think there's stuff out there that's never seen the light of day with Pete. Um, and, you know, he told me, you know, years ago that uh, he bet on the Reds to win every single time, whether that's true or not. But Reggie Bush, in my mind, won the Heisman. And Pete's a Hall of Famer. Um, the, you know, they're just denied that that ceremony there. Pete's made more money by not being in the Hall of Fame. He has. If he was in the Hall of Fame, nobody would talk about him. Yeah, but would he still be like out signing cards and stuff? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but Reggie, I, that's tough. What what happened to your own mater? And you're to, you're to blame for that? That that one's that one's tough to carry around with you. Has he paid the price? Yeah, he has. But I still view him as the best player in college football that year. Yes, Todd. Reggie appears more likable. I'm sure that's not a lot of people wouldn't debate that among the uh, among both of them. Yeah, I did make that noise. Yeah, Pete, but how, I'd how, much rather uh, give Pete Rose a chance to get in the Hall of Fame if I had to choose between the two. I'd rather see Rose while he's alive get that honor. Yeah. I mean, you still bet on baseball. Now, people go, hey, you can bet on baseball in Ohio. Not if you're the manager. Like, you, you can if you're, uh, you know, just a resident. But it's not like, oh, you can bet now. Hey, put Pete in the Hall of Fame. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, see. And that, it kind of feels like, too, I mean, while maybe every baseball player and manager was gambling back then and betting on their teams and stuff like that, I don't really know if that's true. I do know that most players were getting paid the same way Reggie Bush was. <laughs> And he's just the one that got caught. Yes, because he didn't pay him back. Right, he just didn't pay those guys back. But he's just the one that got caught. But there was probably a handful oh, of, of other course. superstars on his team that were like, don't look in my direction. Yeah, You know what I mean? It's- but, but I don't know if SMU said to Eric Dickerson, hey, we're going to give you $500,000, and uh, you know, but you got to sign with us, and we're going to give you a new Trans Am. And then he decided not to sign with them, and you know, then you go public. Like, who are you going to call? But with Reggie, you know, it came out and it cost USC dearly. You know, they're still just recovering from that. Quick recovery lately. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thanks to all the money that they're paying the players, the name, image, and likeness here. <laughs> yes, Paulie. Did you see what happened to the former quarterback, Bernie Kosar of the Browns? Yeah. He is the radio voice analyst of the team, and he publicly said he was going to put down a bet. He was going to be the first person to legally bet in Ohio at a sports book, he was number 19. He's going to put $19,000 on the Browns to beat the Steelers. Yeah. He publicly talked about it, and they fired him, and they said it's a violation. Would a team announcer be under the same NFL rules I, and regulations? But I, I do love it. It's, it's the Browns who brought in Deshaun Watson. But you know what? If we're going to get rid of somebody, it's going to be Bernie Kosar. You know, our controversial quarterback is not Deshaun Watson. It's Bernie Kosar. Well done, Browns. Yes, Paul. You can question his judgment for putting harder in cash on the Browns at any point. Yeah, yeah, I would fire him for betting on the Browns, but he may yeah. have a lawsuit on his hands. I don't know if he's under the same uh, umbrella. I have no idea. Like Michael K can't bet on the Yankees. Something, you know what I mean? Like what? Uh, well, he's a Yankee employee. He's paid by the Yankees. I'm gonna guess that you can't. But I, I don't – if Bernie Kosar said, look, I'm going to bet on the Browns, the first bet in Ohio is going to be me betting on the Browns, I'm going to bet $19,000. Did anybody from the Browns say, Bernie, you can't do that? Like before he did it, did anybody say, you know, Bernie, you can't place a bet 
while you're covering a team. But then can the Browns then say go to a gambling partner and get a sponsorship yes. and say, hey, Bernie, do your po- your picks in the pregame. Yeah. And we'll go, hey, let's get Bernie's picks brought to you by X gambling company. Bernie, who do you like this weekend? It's a great he, point. He can do but, that, though. But you can't bet. Yeah. You can't bet. Uh-huh. Because remember uh-huh. when Drew Brees joined Purdue's coaching staff and then he's part of a gambling uh, site and then they took the game off the books because – he, he could have a, an impact on the outcome of Purdue's. <laughs> it didn't go well against LSU. Well, 63-7. to That uh, would have been 63-0 if it wasn't. I there. would give the points there. Yes, Bowling. Uh, according to the Browns, they fired him under the league policy that required him to be removed from the radio coverage of his season finale after he violated the NFL gambling policy by placing a bet on an NFL game. So the Browns said they had to under the policy. I did find out that Bernie had a parlay. He had the Browns and the Browns having a new color commentator next year. So only half of that came through. It would have been great. It would have paid big. All righty. That was a joke. Yeah. No, no, I got it. Gambling humor. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I liked it. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.